1: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, I mean, I'm Boyd Hilton. Josh is there. So Boyd? I, yeah. How do you feel about recording after games at the moment? I,
0: because we, it's a different kind of podcast, isn't it? We are, what, 10 minutes after the full-time whistle at Molyneux.
1: Yeah, I was quite enjoying it until now. Um, because us doing podcasts after the game was, you know had become a thing which was quite enjoyable when we were doing well until now. This is, we're joined by Tim Payton. Hi, Tim. Hello there. We're stealing, you know, we're literally
2: stealing the income from Rio Ferdinand.
1: Yeah, you know, I know. A, a few
2: more weeks of us and no one will be listening to
1: them. I know. Um, and, and Peter Walton, the so, the refereeing expert to, to be all refereeing experts. I, I, I'm just going to start by saying... At 47 and a half minutes into the first half of two minutes, by the way, added time, things were looking fine, you know, more than five we, against Wolves Now more than five. One of our best halves of football, free flowing, attacking football. We should have been up three, four nil. I mean, Bakayo Saka had like three chances in the first 15 minutes. Um, including one in the first, like, minute or so, whatever it was. I mean, I, I, I have to say, Tim, this feels like one of the most... Dep- Even through that miserable period when we were playing all terribly, this feels like one of the most depressing nights of the season, if not oh, the most, boy, because... Let me one more thing. Not only were we half a minute away from easily winning that game, I think, without a, any sendings off, let alone two, the injustice of one of those sendings off and we're now back down to 10th right now. We would have been sixth above Spurs and we're back down to 10th. And most of the teams in that mid congested mid table area have games in hand on us, sometimes two or three games in hand on us. And we play one of the massive Villa at the weekend. I mean, we could be 12th or 13th in about a week's time, Tim, and we could have been sixth tonight and flying and keeping the momentum of what, what we've done so well recently in our recent run. I am fucking miserable about this one. Oh, can boy. you give me any tim can you give me any positive to take away from it
2: yes i can in that the first 44 minutes show you what arsenal can do and is actually much more of reflection of the last few games and as long as arsenal continue at the standard they've been finding the last few games and they found there they will not have any problems reaching that seventh place Which, let's be realistic seventh place is the target and I think last time I came on this um, podcast, you were you were terribly worried about relegation. And I remember, saying, <laughs> oh, I remember awesome. saying, "Hostage to fortune." Slightly, I said, "Look, I still <laughs> believe this team is far more likely to be fighting for seventh than it is getting relegated. Partly because I think you're only going to need about fifty to fifty five points for seventh. But you know, and actually, I didn't think it would be this good. But let let's take some positives. That was a much, much better Arsenal performance. It was characterised, yes, some arguably bad luck, but it had some of the traditional Arsenal failings in it. You do not switch off because you think the referee is going to blow the whistle because the ball is in the air mm, and it's yeah. touch and go by five seconds. And that's what they did. You do not switch off there. And it is very poor by by Louis. You know, the... You know, it's unfortunate that the the laws of the game catch us like that, but they are correct. The double jeopardy is a good law in that it means that if you go for the ball and commit the foul, you don't get sent off. But it's kind of got this grey area, which is if you don't go for the ball, which is meant to be for the professional tackle, and that kind of didn't look professional. It just looked fucking stupid and clumsy. You make sure you do not clip him inside the box Mm. if that's what's going to happen you get out of his way rather than kind of doing the not sure Mm. um that that is what you do but come on how look (laughs) at that first 45 minutes i know i know if they play like that let's be let's be positive about the last six seven games and the first 45 minutes arsenal are on the way back
1: Okay. Yeah. Just in the general point. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we are on the way back. That first foot comments was 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 fantastic. And but what worries me is the the pure statistical worry of like, even though we're doing playing really well, we still we've played more games than most of the teams around us, and that loss tonight takes away uh, the momentum and factually. Um, our position in the league and I think I mean I think and I think a lot of our players are very fragile still mentally I mean yeah. but not the young ones they're talking about the old ones you know and I, that's what I worry about but yeah I, you know on, on the foul Josh on the on the sending off I think I, I agree with Tim like when I in real time watching it I, I agree with Tim and, and Peter Walton etc but my, qu- my question is actually with that there was someone tweeted that you know we got straight red for this thing taking it down to very slow motion and when you look at that Luis, to be fair to him he's just running back really he's yeah. not even challenging for the ball is he yeah. I actually think what happens is that their player kind of almost gets contact accidentally just because his leg's up and, and there is contact but completely Luis isn't even even vaguely going for either the ball or the man he's just running back and it doesn't matter Boyd well, the, I think it one does. Of great,
2: mm. One of the great myths of the law book is this I know, idea of accident or intent, and they're I not know. there. Although it is true that custom and practice is an awful lot of refereeing decisions so imply that it is there.
1: Yeah. I, I could see a scenario where he doesn't get sent off, though, by another oh, referee. Yes. That's yes. what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. If, he,
2: if a referee had chosen to deem that as a yellow, I don't think there would have been endless replays saying he should have made it a red.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. We'd
2: have just almost said, yeah, yeah, that's the correct decision. Yeah. As it is, if you strictly read the black and white of the law, then yeah. the referee got it correct. But I agree sure. with you that no one would have raised an eyebrow and probably the, the expected decision would have been a yellow card. I no, have just thought of something to be a bit more depressed about, okay. but I need to check. Well, I assume that means that Leno doesn't play in the next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's Aston Villa away, yeah. Yeah. which I do think is an early cup final for seventh place yeah. against Aston Villa. And if the, if the guy from Brighton is injured, does that mean the kid that won the competition gets to play in goal again?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a massive worry. Yeah. Um, we, at Josh. least he
0: he came on and uh, made a half decent save, didn't he, Renardson? And you have to say, you know, it's it's a different feeling tonight. We've we've had many a uh, podcast uh, post Arsenal defeats, but in some ways tonight I'll, I'll find it the, one of the most frustrating, but one of the easiest to take because we were brilliant actually in that first half. We were as good as we've been in a, in a long time, and it was an enjoyable half of football as we as we had to go. And I agree, David Louis... I think has got enough awareness not to deliberately trip him. At that point, if you let him go through and they equalise 11-11, you still back us. The way we played in that first half, you'd still back us. And the goal they scored in the second half is a worldie. And there isn't a lot you can do about it. And then when we are down to nine men, which is... You know, a crazy, you know, a, a crazy chance of us, hanging, you know, managing to get back into the game. We did dig in and you're thinking, can we just create one chance? Can, can we get one moment? And actually we had a couple where we got the ball into the box and, you know, created something. So, it feels incredibly frustrating, but I'd rather feel like this than I did about some of the, you know, awful performances that we had oh, earlier yeah. in the season and, the, sure. you know, the way we were just sort of, you know, barely in games and, and not having shots and, I don't know, I think we, we can move on and it's just how, how we react. Tim, do you know exactly what the suspensions are then for Louise I am, and uh,
2: Leno? Well, I, I was just trying to look it up, but I am pretty sure they are both one-game bands.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's because right, it's
2: yeah. violent conduct that gives yeah. you the three games, Yeah. and the, if you like the technical foul, gives you one game. So I would not swear on it, but I'm ninety five percent in both of them. It's a one game ban.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, you're right.
0: I've sent and some different uh, opinions on on Twitter. So yeah, we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll see that shortly. And um, yeah, I mean Matt Ryan. I mean it's so Arsenal, isn't it, to have a player come in and within a you know a week not not actually be available. Um, and then be needed, but I mean, I I don't think even what happened to Leno is is one a season. I think it's a, it's like one a season in the whole Premier League. Never mind, it's just such a freak error of a goalkeeper slightly losing his uh, his sense of place on the pitch, and also I think the ball must spin slightly as it comes off the ground, and then. You know, maybe you're also just thinking it's Traore, so you're a bit more scared because there's such a perception about how quick and, you know, how quick he is. And he's probably the last person you'd want to have to run onto a ball that may or may not go out of play. So, so it's a freak yeah, he panicked. circumstances. He panicked. He misjudged the panicked, yeah. And
2: then he's yeah. inst- so fast, but his instinct is that ball's not going past me. And the only way it's not going past him is with the, is with the arm. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a freak one though. It won't you know it, that won't happen again. You know, know probably I to know. any Premier
1: League. The tragedy. Goalkeeper. I know, but the tragedy of Israel is for me is that <laughs> tragedy is. I'm using that word, but um, Leno's having a brilliant season. Right, he's having an absolutely brilliant season, much better. And I and I was definitely in the Martinez is a better bet than Leno camp. And I know you know, and and I feel I was wrong about that. I, I would say that now after the season that Leno's had, not only in terms of shot stopping, I think his shot stopping has been absolutely extraordinary. And and is up there with any other keeper in in the league, but his um, his passing out from the back and his um, organisation of the defence is it feels like a complete transformation from like a, even a year ago when I think you know he we'd often panic in um, when we're playing out from the back and now I feel we're very very I feel very certain and very safe without playing out for the back. I never feel particularly, and yet he did that. He did that tonight, which which is such a. I mean, I, know, I think we would have lost anyway, but it was such a burst of of, of insanity. And I also think to be really harsh on him <laughs> is he, I kind of blame him for that, for us not just being safe in the first half with those two minutes of injury time. I don't know what, you know, he just could have kept hold of the ball, put you know, passed it very, just, I just think it, that goal, their goal actually came from him, not just looking after the ball for another literally five seconds waiting for the for the referee to blow the fucking whistle. So, I mean, poor guys had an amazing season is brilliant. I'm absolutely, you know, he's completely won me over. But what a night for him! What a night for him and Louise! What a night for, for and and I I agree with you, Josh. That because the transformation from those, that in that period when we had the terrible run, when we could barely get the ball, advance the ball up the pitch, like that was our problem, wasn't it? And the transformation, which uh, just to reemphasize, has to be is so much down to Emil Smith Rowe and Saka being put. Wider and further up the pitch is incredible. We're now in, in as you say, as we were saying in the first half, we were just marauding up the pitch. Uh, you know, every single time we got the ball, and it was fantastic to see. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm clinging to the fact that we, if if we carry, if we somehow put this mental blow, this massive mental blow, if we deal with it properly, then yeah, we should we should. Yeah. It is a massive sort of
2: game to have next, isn't it? I mean, Villa away, Villa are a good team. You might remember they pretty much picked us apart in in the alternative game. They've got some great players there. You go in without Leno, who clearly, you know, is a very strong goalkeeper to a very weak goalkeeper. But awful, I think it's going to be a very big test of Arsenal's resilience and attitude, the the bounce back or not, because to, to lose at Villa... And you're suddenly really scrambling around again, really scrambling for that seventh place, aren't you?
1: Yeah, and they've got three games in hand over us, so it's an op. You know, it's both an opportunity for us. If, if we won tonight, you know, if you won tonight, which we absolutely, as I as I'm going to never going to stop saying, which we would have done if we'd just not played played out that those final seconds of the first half. If we won tonight then the fact that they've got three games in hand and then we can beat them with our momentum at the weekend would have been brilliant because, you know, we couldn't be... are getting too bogged down in this table.
0: Yeah, this, everyone is so congested. Um, I know, no, we I have know. To, we we go back shame, seven, eight games. It's a terrible shame because the momentum had been, you know, so brilliant. We, we, we've we spoken about it. We were in title-winning form, even with the draw against Manchester United. We were, you know, in, in a, a brilliant shape, really. And, you know, a draw against... United, who are you know up towards the top of the table, is a is a, is a very solid, credible result, and and actually a draw was the fair result in that game. So it feels like a a big step backwards. But you know, if we just sort of possibly pause and think about when you know it's literally that period. I think Tim came on the podcast before the Chelsea game, and that and that was the turning point. And since then, you, you have to argue we've we've been in a in a great position and we'd have probably you know I know we might well find ourselves 12th pretty soon again but we will be in a much healthier state in terms of points to the to the teams around us so by the way by the way um, it's upsetting
1: Southampton have just had a play sitting off after one and a half minutes of their game against Man United a straight red (laughs) it's It's that kind of night it's It's a (laughs) night (laughs) it is all happening tonight I mean because
2: there are actually a lot less red cards this season apart from Arsenal who have got more than the whole league added together yeah. or something? Yeah, well, did you see the stops? stat that we we've had
0: a uh, three times the amount? I think it is, isn't it? Than than like anyone else um, during really? Arteta's period, um, you know, at the club. I think we've had nine sending offs. I think it is during this period of Arteta, and the, uh, most any other club has had in the same period is is three. So. That, that is extraordinary that, mm. that is that is
1: I mean, oh, like most of them Louise about. They <laughs> <will>. <laughs> most of them are Louise as well I mean say what you like about uh, do you know Three what tonight Louise. tonight I, uh, up until I watched the super slow-mo replay of it I did think oh this is you know you pick Louise you play Louise Louise is going to do what he does which is which is fuck things up, but I I feel sorry for him tonight. I do feel sorry for him. I think I don't think that was like. I just think I know. I know, I'm not, I can't bang on about it much more. But I just I I just feel like he wasn't even trying to do anything at all. You know, and got sent off for it. It seems it seems so harsh. Um, well,
0: it was it was the tiniest the tiniest yeah. clip yeah. of when you, it looked like the body. I, I, it, but but I'm not even calling it a it clip. Away. The tiniest no. bit of
1: contact. I you mean, know, they, but they, the
0: problem was. I know I think I know. that's one that one of them that if it, if it wasn't given I don't think it gets overturned necessarily and
1: Yeah Yeah. But what I mean is it doesn't feel like, like Peter Walton on, on BT was asked about, and he very interestingly, I thought had a go at Louise for not learning from his previous errors and being sent off before for pretty much the same thing, which I think is interesting because aren't referees not supposed to think about that kind of thing. I mean, I know he's not actually a referee on the pitch anymore, but I thought that was fascinating that, you know, he's thinking about Louise's reputation and previous errors and previous sendings off. And I'm like, I don't think this one was like that though. The previous ones I think were, Moments of utter stupidity tonight. This felt very unlucky, I think, for him. Without wanting to, what do we, On the positive, Pepe's goal was was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, just in terms of his. he has got a right foot. He's got a right foot. He can play on that side, and again, huge credit to Arteta um, for putting him on that side, Zaka on the other side. That works. That works so well, and and just I just think Pepe's attitude. I think he often looks. I was thinking about this tonight because when he scored that goal, which took. Skill, determination, technique, some contributors to this podcast still maintain there's something wrong with, with his technique. I've always thought everything, everything wrong with Pepe is mental for me. Uh, you know, he looks, he's very, very easily frustrated. And even tonight, like, uh, after we scored that guy, there's, a kind, there's a, something slightly goofy about his, his, his facial expressions almost, which don't help. Contribute to him feeling like a smooth, flowing, freely attacking footballer worth seventy-two million pounds. You know what I mean. So even after that extraordinary goal tonight, which you know was the work—I'm not saying that pays off the seventy-two million—but you know, it was. I thought it was fantastic in every sense. The final shot, brilliant. Um, you almost think he's, he's still a bit. There's something still something quite odd about him. Um, he's tall and lanky. The whole thing, I think, is partly why he gets so much criticism. When actually, statistically, you know, he's contributed a hell of a lot. Even, even, you know, even before this better spell that he's in now. Do you think I'm overly, uh, overly um, uh, uh, complimentary? No,
2: I think you're being fair. I think one of the challenges with Pepe is going to be he's not terrible. He's not brilliant. He has a focus problem. And imposing himself on games. You know, I guess he's still at the stage where he could really step up and in, impose in enough games. You know, my fear is he's going to end up in that one game you think he's worth the next game, then the next game you think he shouldn't be anymore. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you're almost not ruthless about it. I suspect that you know that Pepe probably ends up being a really important member of a sort of Arsenal first 18, mm. but I'm not convinced that you know, you're a sort of Champions League competing with him playing most of the games. But he's certainly not a terrible player and you've correctly, I think, picked up the good points of him.
1: Mm. But it, I when... think he, interesting that he's, he's, he's had a little run. He's had a nice little run. And, you know, he, and he, interestingly, he stayed in the team tonight, even with Aubameyang available and Martinelli available. Um, and I actually think we look worse when, I mean, before we went down to nine men, in the period when we were 10 men, when um, Aubameyang came on, I thought, what did you think of the decision to say Lacazette off for a start and and then to bring Aubameyang on? I don't know. I thought the substitutions didn't help. I mean, if I'm being... I think
2: some of that could just be about legs, about, you know, the the amount of games that have been played by Lacazette recently and wanting to inject some
1: freshness. Yeah. Uh, Josh, Emile Smith-Rowe picked again, getting an incredible amount of game time. He is getting a lot of game time and he, he deserves it. And it, again,
0: was, you know, was... One of the you know good performers in, in in that first half and in the second half we you know slowly had less and less of the ball in it and it became difficult but um, yeah yeah you 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 can't knock him and you expect him to be in that side and uh, you know no no Willian um, was Willian even on the bench I
1: don't think he was was he Which I feel is, is a good thing <laughs> I never
2: recall seeing him mentioned or no. picture yeah. but I didn't sort of look at the bench team
1: no.
0: Um, I, I will check that he uh, he was on the bench. Um, oh, was he? So you weren't weren't paying correct uh, attention to your substitutes tonight. Oh yeah, he
1: was on the bench, uh,
0: bench. Boyd. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it, which is very rare. I mean, we, we haven't seen him on the on the bench or in a matchday squad and not play some part in, in the game. But uh, I guess the sort of substitutions that that were forced, you know, upon the team, like at halftime, you know, needed to bring on a centre-back. I also would have been tempted to to, to leave Lacazette, you know, if you actually look yeah. at where our goals have come from. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Pepe about, just was, scored a blinder, and he probably wanted to, yeah. you know, leave Smith-Rowe and Saka on the pitch, so.
1: Yeah. Um, that was th- just about the end of the game when... um I think Martin Kian was 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 going on about, and I, I kind of agree with him that we we. I mean, I think they were just shell shocked, weren't they? Once once Leno got sent off, you can understand them being shell shocked. Even even you know, even even those players getting it's a challenge to, to 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 kind of play normal football and think think tactically when you're down to nine men. But it did feel like they weren't. Like, I think they had opportunities, you know, to 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 go forward, which they weren't really taking. And then that weird final chance, that free kick, where where he sent Runarsson, the goalkeeper up, to take the free kick, and he didn't even know what the fuck he was supposed to do. It was like... Well, no, that I was did.
0: quite... That was it quite was funny. Weird. But on the other hand, he put in an okay delivery into actually... Yeah, you know, yeah he did. ...throwing a circle around the the yeah. area of the penalty area you want it. He, he did put it um, exactly, uh, you know, in the right area. And look, when you've got that few bodies, you've only got nine people on the pitch... I guess I don't yeah. know. Maybe Brunson hasn't impressed in his heading in, in training, and therefore there's no point sending him up um, to be in the box. But yeah, I, you did think, you know, you've got one chance here to get something from the game. Do you, do you stick, you know, someone with a you know brilliant delivery, Smith Rowe on it, or it was or um, it was Saka? I, yeah, you know, I don't know. I do think though. I mean, Martin, I think was was making the point, wasn't he, that we felt particularly deep, and could could we just try and yeah. push up? But I think they were yeah. clearly being instructed just because 11 on nine, it doesn't matter if it was Sheffield United or or West Brom, 11 on nine against us, you'd expect them to pick you off. So, you know, the chance we had was really the ball down to Bellerin, Bellerin coming in the area, putting it back to Aubameyang. And then, you know, not only Aubameyang had an opportunity, but, but so too Saka and they were just blocked. Um, I mean, it would have been extraordinary. I don't know what the stats are on, um, teams coming back with two man's deficits in the premier league to, to get anything from games. I imagine it's,
2: Pretty really extremely
1: far between like yeah, yeah. yeah. Kian was quite funny tonight because um, when he was asked whether he had ever played at a nine man team and he said well, probably, he probably he didn't know if he had but he probably left the rest of them to his, players to, his, his players to play I mean, after he got sent off which I'm sure which of course did happen um, I think Mark,
0: he was saying didn't, didn't he yeah against to it, Spurs. Uh, him and him and Freddie I think uh, yeah yeah um, you know, went off and tried. I that must have been about what 90, what do you reckon? 99 was that, that game? I think, I think I was trying, yeah. I was trying to remember it. Um, yeah, I think the um, late 1999. So it does happen. And actually I was just in one of my Austin WhatsApp groups. I, we had memories of uh, being on an away trip in, in PSV in, in 2004. Um, where a couple of our players, definitely Lorraine was one of them, I remember, but we did hold on for a point that night. So we were were just trying to draw on the uh, um, analogy of uh, of when we'd managed to get something from a game with nine men. So it's happened, but it's... uh, Pretty, uh, pretty rare. Mm. But I'm, um, you know, just going back to David Luiz for a second boy. I mean, was he man of the match officially on Sunday? Obviously not yeah. tonight. Yeah, um, he or was Saturday. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah,
1: he was man of the match on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and gave, a, and gave a really good interview, post match interview. I thought um, he's very engaging and um, eloquent. Speaks better English than a lot of our um, of our um, homegrown players, and um, I thought he was brilliant. And I think it, it, that showed. Um, his post- his kind of interview and performance, I thought he was very good. Um, showed I think why he's so mu- so liked, so well liked in the club. Because there's always this thing about him, isn't there? That people say, oh, he's really admired by the young players, and he's he's really popular in the dressing room. And yet, you know, obviously he has a very he has a checkered record when it comes to being sent off and making calamitous mistakes. But you could sense in that interview when he was really, I thought it was he was great. It was just a refreshingly kind of um interesting and intelligent guy and then tonight happens and you think fucking hell poor guy so that's again that is partly why I feel sorry for him again because i think he's deserved his place in the team in the last few weeks isn't he um uh so yeah I'm, I'm kind of on board with louise even after tonight i'm not i'm not blaming i wonder what'd be interesting we'll see what arteta says because we, well, we haven't had a chance to see his post-match interview have you seen any reports yet of what he's said? No I will I will
0: get some groceries. I mean there were there were people being unkind on Twitter saying it was a David Luiz tribute to Mustafi and celebrating yes, I saw his that. exit. It's Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: That's what's torn. But you look at I mean look at the center back options that we have put um out of a club or at some point this season or or don't have available um then you have to think that David Luiz was very much at the forefront of our Tetters plans to to see out the season probably alongside Rob Holding, you know. Uh, ahead of Gabriel and then you're just wondering what quite what the situation with uh Tierney is going to be when he's available again and whether they sort of reconsider Tierney being the left side of a of a mm. three.
1: Mm. I'm also interested as well um uh Tim whether on uh, the weekend do you does he does he bring Aubameyang back in straight away to start when I think I'm slightly tempted to think that we look maybe better with Lacazette and the, in, in the Lacazette kind of um sucker Pepe or Martinelli with the Millsmith row there looks slightly better? I don't know. Do
2: no, you know? I think I think it's a very fair question. And I actually thought when, you know, obviously personal issues meant Aubameyang wasn't around, but I kind of thought at the time, well, I'm not sure you're in the first 11 anyway, because the mm. form of Lacazette and the, and, and the way they played, although clearly, you know, if you've got Lacazette on form and Aubameyang plays in that position on the left, it works really well. But I think you raise a good point. And I did wonder if Lacazette came off today partly to protect his legs because he's uh, the guy that starts at the, at the weekend. Yeah. And in this sort of resurgence that Arsenal have had, which you can always debate, how much is that managerial brilliance and how much was it luck that he tried everything else? He was sticking with the older pros and, and the youngsters rescue him. But we've got to forget that within all of this, you know, Lacazette has been at the absolute forefront of the charge, hasn't he?
1: Oh, God, yeah, 100%. His, his,
2: form has, his form has come back and his hard work. And, you know, I think we immediately kind of, you know, Saka and Smith-Rowe, because they're young and they're new. But I think that um, Lacazette has been just as much part of the last eight games and, and what's happened. So it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, And yeah. we do, you know, is. Are we always like this or is it because we're kind of watching at home so we're, we're, we're venting even more in the form? But the way we swing at the moment, you know, between, you know, only Martinelli is going to save this football club, you know, Lacazette must play, where's catch captain? <laughs> I've never seen such almost violent swings in how we feel about it all in the same season. And I'm not quite sure whether the violent swings are actually happening to players' form on the pitch mm. because of the slightly different circumstances, the game's concertina, no crowd, certain impact, or whether it's just the way we're interpreting it. I haven't yeah, quite good, worked that a, one out yet. That's but, a
1: good point. Yeah, I, th- I think it does feel transformative that, you know, Lacazette, Emile Smith-Rowe, Zachary. Well, I'll,
2: I'll give you an example of another swing that was far too extreme. This swing that went um, about the goalkeepers, you know, because yeah. in many ways, what everything you said about Leno I agree with, what I couldn't quite gather was, you know, this idea that you know, when Martinez was having those good games that coincided with some good games for us, one of the things that was projected onto them was that Leno was rubbish. In reality, no. we, we had, no, but you Not know rubbish. what I mean, but yeah. in reality, we had two very, very yeah. good goalkeepers and we were blessed. And arguably, oh. we, we got stuck in that situation where our backup goalkeeper was too good to be a backup anymore. And I think yeah. in, in, in the modern game, it's really difficult. And, and now we've got the other extreme. Well, maybe they filled it um, with Matt over Brighton, where we went from one extreme to the other with the backup goalkeeper and we got the kid that won the competition.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. My my only thing about Leno versus Martinez was I, I just felt Martinez had sh- shown himself in his admittedly smaller um, smaller number of games that I thought he was just better on the ball and there as was good more as presence. yeah. More, but now
2: craft.
1: right, but now I feel that's not. I feel Leno sort of that. Anyway, we'll we'll take a break and after the break I want to talk about I want to talk a li- touch a little bit on the on the Man United games. I have, I have to ask whether um, you know if William hadn't have got that chance to score in the second half and it mm-hmm. fallen to any other player in the world, we could have won that game. And B, to talk about our transfer window and uh, all the – because it's been a, quite a busy time. Um, we'll talk all about that after this break.
2: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean – at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag
1: coolerkingbike cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool AF and we're back from the break Josh your finger is up no just a couple of quotes here from
0: uh, our boss Mikel Arteta oh yeah bring it on on the David Luiz red card he said I've just seen the replay 10 times 5 different angles I cannot see any
1: contact yeah, there is that. I, I actually said in our WhatsApp group, I couldn't see any contact. And that the angle's not – it's quite weird because it's almost, it's so imperceptible. I mean, it's it's imperceptible.
2: Well, I tell, there is something here that a lot of the old pros – and again, you shouldn't referee on this, but we'll tell you – which is players transmit their guilt or not. Mm. And, I mean, Louis acted like a player that had given away a penalty. Yeah, Dan said that in our WhatsApp group, sent, Yeah. And expected yeah. to be sent off. I know. And then I think, in a way, go with their gut, you know, the gut instinct of the player. So I think that he, anyway, I just read yeah. into it that Lu, Louise acted like he touched him and actually acted I agree. like he got
0: deserved to get I, I wasn't off. one of them where you see, you know, immediate waving away, you know, telling the player to get up and that he's taken a dive. He, he got the slightest touch and it looks like he just connects a bit of boot on knee and. And that's that. Do you want me to go move on with the yeah. quotes? Also,
2: why did the player go down? Oh, sorry. You should keep going through the quotes. No, you're, you're you're right. Like
0: he he would have scored. He goes down very theatrically when he does go down. But you know, at that point, I just think thinking, he slightly
1: cool. stumbles anyway. Even without the contact, he slightly seems mm. to stumble from from the force of his right. own momentum. Carry on.
0: Here's our tester on our, our goalkeeper. Um, I imagine he Leno makes a decision a split of a second. Naturally, tries to stop the ball. There's nothing he can do. Uh, The way we lost the game really hurts. It's painful. It's hard enough to win football games in the league. The big decisions are like that. but There's nothing we can change at the moment. And talking about Matt Ryan, he said he had a muscular issue in the last two days, hasn't been able to train. Hopefully we can get him back in the next couple of days. So I hope that he could be there on the uh, weekend. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, fair enough. I think he made the
0: decision that Matt Ryan was the number two. So I guess Renarsson knows that. I mean, the chances of Renarsson getting any Premier League minutes as of deadline yeah. day, he must have been yeah. so small. And he looked shocked he and
1: bewildered. He looked shocked and bewildered when he came on. I mean, he did make that save quite quickly, which was great. Um, but he, and then he, when he was forced to take the free kick, he looked even more shocked and bewildered. I did feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for everyone tonight. I feel sorry for myself, my, most of all. But um, why? Sorry, because it was so, it's so depressing. I find I, I'm so depressed. I was really, they were really brightening my lockdown um frankly you know every i was looking i've look, been looking forward to every arsenal game now with a spring in my step you know and uh and yeah and because we're playing well it just all it takes is for your team to play attractive football and to win games and yeah, you know, we're on a great run we had let, hardly we not letting a goal all fucking year until tonight and that and that penalty so and now it's fucking ruined it with with a truly a night of gargantuan bad luck, I think. And I think we've had bad luck all season. After. I'm I don't, I'm not one of those conspiracy theories about referees, but I do think we've had lots of, I feel like we've had lots of situations where VAR hasn't really properly examined the decisions as they sometimes do with other situations. And sometimes, you know, penalties have been given against us and we haven't got penalties. And VAR's just like, we'll deal with that in about 10 seconds. It just goes away. Anyway, I don't want to bang on about it. More generally... But that's just to mention quickly the Man United game. I mean, obviously, I was furious that um, William came on the second half. But he wasn't terrible. <laughs> you know. say that for him. He wasn't terrible. That might have been his best half of football since the first game. <laughs> well, you know, but he should have fucking scored that goal, didn't he? There was a brilliant description of it in the, I think the Guardian report, which said it was like he'd forgotten that scoring goals was part of the things in football he was supposed to be able to do, and he just kind of froze and. Tried to control the ball and then fluffed it massively, and I just think he took Martinelli off, didn't he? For and I, I presume that was because Martinelli's young and he needs, you know, he's going to be easily tired. But oh my god, I just think if that had fallen to any other player, we could he would we would have been one up and won that game.
0: I think I think you're probably uh, you know. <sighs> You're right, right, William. That was not the the strike of someone that goes. Give me the chance, but I, I, yeah. i say it. it was. It was like a one of them. We just like I'll, I'll try and get it on target and see. You know, hope hope for the best. But you can understand why he's so low on confidence. Like he is the one at the moment. There's always someone with Arsenal fans, isn't there? Whether it's Jovinio yeah. or but there's always someone who's like you know the unpopular kid.
2: <laughs> yeah, but how does he
0: know? And it's him. I'm sure he knows. Like he must realize yes. he's barely done. Has he made an assist since the opening day? Like oh, he hasn't but that's scored.
2: You just you were just citing
0: if you like. Okay, lied. you're right, crowd influence. Yeah. I and I, there I there can't no... believe he's totally oblivious. Uh, uh, okay. Uh I a fair point. I tell, I tell point there's not in if the stadium. If a stadiums, tree falls
2: in the woods and no one's there to see it fall, does it fall?
1: Um I don't uh, think uh, Tim be... asking the big questions tonight. Well, he, there's no question no, he looks
0: I... like a player with less confidence. Whether no, he would I... be even worse if he had Arsenal fans in the stadium,
2: or... probably booing
0: or tatting, it or could probably it be would be the other be way, be worse. way around.
2: Could it be that he can't get up for it because there's no fans there to get behind him?
1: Could be. Or I could also be. think, do you know what my theory is, just for what it's worth? I think that he is aware. You, he, he knows, doesn't he, that he's now been dropped. From the first team, effectively. Yeah, it's a good clue. In favor of a very young. you know. And how many players right, have been yeah. shipped out and he's still on the bench? But yeah, like, players have shipped... Exactly. He obviously, knows, you know, don't you? And I think yeah. mentally what that means is... I think mentally but what Josh that means is... But Josh
2: was warming is. himself up for the it's all those horrible Arsenal fans that can't get behind everyone kind of lecture. And then you know... <laughs> <just he>? when- <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just You're reading his the mind there. To- <laughs> <No>, I'm saying... <laughs> I'm i years, you, boy. 10 years of precedent. Yeah. Boyd, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you want
0: that to almost fall to... Anyone, anyone.
2: I mean, anyone.
0: literally. I mean, even Cedric on his left foot. Yeah, I mean, possibly which, uh, which doesn't Hector seem Bellerin scored. <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm just looking. I, oh, he got he got an assist um, in the home game against Wolves. But other than that, I mean, it is just the, the the opening day. So, you know, that's it. And as for goals, I mean, could could you have? Believe that we would be in
2: February and William wouldn't have scored a goal? I mean, come on. What what is interesting here, and if I do a little bit of a a segue here, is now that we've had this kind of successful transfer window in moving on the very expensive Deadwood, but poor old William moves centre stage for that debate, doesn't he? Because the others have been paid off. And what's fascinating about all of this is. Is the government have done it for us, or helped us out because they've given us 120 million, and we've used a big chunk of it to pay off for players that Arteta didn't want in his squad, and he now no longer has to have hanging around London Colney.
1: Yeah, I mean it's true. Yeah, it's a good but point.
2: But William, I mean, William yeah. is now going to take that place of. Uh, oh, my God, I can't believe we're paying him 250K a week yes, and look what yes. we're getting. Yeah, oh, he is. Which he was absolutely. sort of getting anyway, but you know what I mean? He absolutely, yeah. like, yeah. you know, he takes the gold, silver and bronze for that
1: now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost more frustrating than the Ursa situation. It's just as the Urza situation is finally resolved and let's face it quite surprisingly in this transfer window, because I think a lot of us weren't expecting that to happen until the summer, at least that's resolved. We've got rid of Mustafi extraordinarily, you know, we are having a real, I think, you know, in terms of the clearing out the dead wood, but um, well, we're paying um, them to go. Yeah. Well, fair enough. But you know, you have, sometimes you have to, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah. so he's pairing down the squad. He's lent- it's putting lots of players out on loan. We've got Odegaard in, you know, very excited about that in theory, in theory, we'll see, we'll see, but you know, very exciting. And, Yet we've got another worse than Herschel situation with William because we are paying him a phenomenal amount of money every week and no one wants him anywhere near the first team, do they? So.
2: I mean, I think with a big club rolling the dice like they do, you kind of always got to expect to have one like yeah. that. Yeah. What you don't want is four or five. And of course, we're so yeah. scarred from recent years. You know, if you've only got one, then it's not, too bad you know out of a wage yeah. bill of 250 million if you're running one like that. but yeah, the scars sort of run deep and it yeah. wasn't extraordinary contract to give.
1: No, I know. And in fact, if you look at it, most teams have a, have at least one or two players like that. I, don't, I mean, re- I look, watched that Spurs game at the weekend. And I mean, you know, I was feeling very superior to Spurs until, you know, half an hour ago. Um, but that Gareth Bale, I mean, you know, there's a whole situation with him not being picked. And um, did you see that in the, in the coverage on Sky, Graham Souness had this really weird thing where he advised him to talk to the media, Gareth Bale, and complain publicly about being yeah. snubbed by Jose Mourinho. And everyone else was like, what are you talking about? You look crazy, <laughs> yeah. man. Jamie that was like, what? We can't do that. And then he played from the start and was awful, absolutely shockingly awful. I mean, Willian-esque in a way. And he's supposed to be one of the best players in the world. So I was thinking, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it, these things do happen. Players do just mysteriously, enigmatically lose it, don't they? And you know, and I but think it's William's been, one of them.
2: But where it's been such an interesting transfer window is it's seen as transformational. Yeah. But actually, that's because of contracts, not because of who plays on the pitch, which is a really interesting psyche into a modern football club. Because Ozil hadn't played a game this season. Socrates hadn't played a game this season. So at one level, it makes absolutely no difference Mm. or not whether they're there because they've not been picked. But you get this interesting situation, which he couldn't couldn't stop them coming into London Colney. Because if he did that, it would in effect be breach of their contract. And they could sue for sort of discrimination or unfair dismissal and get their contracts paid up or maybe more. And Arsenal, because of the pandemic, didn't want to run that risk because they couldn't afford to pay them because they literally are like, you know, paying out what comes in at the moment. So they then took the decision to borrow £120 from the Bank of England. It's a six month loan that 120 million is allowed to be used on salaries and i think they can just about claim that what they in effect what they've done is paid those players their salaries up to june to go away in advance but they've used the cash advance to do it but it removes i got in trouble for saying this online but it removes the poison from london colney
1: yeah, I, I don't know why you go into trouble for that. That's, that's a completely uncontroversial um, statement, I think, yeah, uh, 100%. But, well,
2: because I think there are
1: people out there that the idea that you
2: described Mesut Ozil as oh. being a poison is... Wow. Well. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. I made my feelings right clear about but that clearly, last week. It clearly helps because it, yeah. for better or worse, and I think most sensible observers feel that it was absolutely the right thing to do, but it has drawn a line hasn't it it means he no longer gets asked about him yeah. in press conferences it yeah. means he no longer gets told you should be picking him and it's a sort of it's a message about who's in charge
1: 100%, and who, yeah.
2: who's going to win all of that and i feel you do feel a little bit of a spring in arsenal step which is a little bit like the youngsters being given their way and the older pros being cleared out and we're not having you anymore
1: yeah definitely and i think so, so, uh, tonight yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I want to see the Arteta interview before, but I, I think he's just got to say to them, you know, you, you just ignore this fucking freak of a night and just carry yeah. on as you were because you're doing really well until... The, Josh, the one, in, in terms of the transfer window, the one I think, I think I completely um, understood all of the moves, really. Saliba, Willock going out on loan, Mustafi, I mean, incredible that someone took him, I mean, even on loan, Schalke after they set one of theirs to Liverpool, etc. It all worked out. We, 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 there was that brief we, period where Liverpool were actually linked with um, Mustafi, which was Extraordinary. No, um, Jurgen Klopp's German. I know, sure. I know. But <laughs> but the one, I think the one, one for me that feels slightly is Anthony Maitland-Niles to yeah. West Brom. Don't you think? What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, I think it is. And you, you look at Cedric, who has been okay in this recent period. But I mean, what a fall from grace, uh, Maitland-Niles. You know, back on August was at August first the FA Cup final. Yeah, Not only part of a squad, but like entrusted to start an FA Cup final. Mikel Arteta's biggest game that he's managed for Arsenal so far and put in a great performance. And then we're back there for the Charity Shield. And again, Maitland-Niles is involved in a nonchalant penalty. And, you know, then he's in a period where he's getting called up to the um, to the England squad and, you know, and, and it looked like on merit. But then he's just had this extraordinary period of of non-involvement and and looking like, you know, that the manager didn't want to play him and I I don't know I wonder because obviously I mean, he must have had um you know options of of where he was going to go in this January transfer window and there was talks about you know a few different clubs i think Southampton w- was one that was mentioned i just wonder if if West Brom you know and and big Sam have promised him a bit of game time not only game time but game time in midfield because we've always had this in the background with him about the interviews of, of wanting to play in center midfielder and of yeah. course being proud to play anywhere for Arsenal, but seeing himself as a you know combative central midfielder. And I wonder if that's the opportunity. Maybe Southampton were talking to him about, you know, being involved, but you know, in a wing back position, and and that's why he's gone to West Brom because I mean they're going down. I mean, even you know, regardless of losing at Sheffield United tonight, they they have a ridiculous opportunity. So just losing. 14 of the next 18 games or whatever miserable experience I suspect he might have under big Sam. I, I don't see how that's going to pull him into England recognition for the summer, but he really, I mean, you know what? It was just weird with Maitland niles wasn't it? Cause I think, you know, he started, he played the 90 minutes on the opening game against Fulham. He got left out against West Ham, but then he was back again at Liverpool away. And when we started that game, okay, he started okay. Then it was just nothing for months. And then we had that period where we played Southampton and Everton, and he was back in the team. And then since then, barely barely nothing. So I just think Arteta's it's not, not worked for him. Um, and maybe the player does think he's good enough for an England call-up. But I, I don't know if playing in this field for a relegation-bound West Brom is the answer. What do you think, but, Tim? But,
2: well, I think anyway, I admire him. Because mm. wouldn't it be the easier option in some ways to, to be in Arsenal's second eleven? pick up your good wages and and sort of wait and see and he's not getting picked in the in the first 11 and I don't think many of us would expect him to be particularly with the formation we're kind of settling on now which I think party slightly drives and obviously with Tierney and Bellerin playing so well so I say I'm quite pleased in a way that he's Pushed for that, and it wasn't that he let anyone down or didn't play well, was it? He never got his chance this season. It wasn't that he he was like William that he played a few games and you were like, oh my god. And there was a great player in there, as I understand it. And this is interesting, you know, his first choice was Leicester, and Arsenal went. You're not going to a rival. Yeah, so Leicester. You can understand that. Yeah, and you can understand it because you know I think you know probably they're a little bit too good. But we are competing with Leicester for a Europa League place this year. Definitely, Um, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, it 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 makes sense. And I think that you know, Southampton or West Brom, it's so marginal, isn't it? Because he's not going there. It's not going to worry him long term whether West Brom stay up. It's does he get 15 games of football and a chance to you know keep developing as a Premier League player? And it won't do Arsenal any harm because Mm. if he does well in these games, he'll either come back renewed for the Arsenal team or he'll increase his value for a transfer.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, We should, uh,
2: we should, no, I mean, now, the rest of them on, on incomings though. Yeah. So, I mean, I always thought this transfer window for me, there was one vital thing, which was bringing a goalkeeper. Cause you know, yeah. my worry wasn't that Leno was going to do a bizarre handball, <laughs> you know, in a way it was, that he would do his knee again like he did at Brighton last year and you need someone for 12 games and the kid that won the competition, can you imagine? So they did that quick, you know, and clearly, I reckon they were probably looking from the first day they saw Minnesota in training, you know, so they've obviously had plenty of time. And then we've got to have, fingers crossed, third time lucky, but a midfield misfit <laughs> from, you know, from the big, one of the big Spanish clubs is going to pay off. And, you know, maybe I'm a bit jaundiced on this, but I've seen two others get hyped. I'll believe this one when I see it.
1: Yeah, my. I think I said last week about Odegaard that um, I think it just makes... I think when you when you were faced with a bit of a conundrum, which was, well, we obviously needed a creative player in midfield in our attack until about a month ago when Ainsley Mate niles became that option. So after that, you still want to add to the creativity, don't you, in, in the yeah. team? But you don't want to kill Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And so getting a player on loan who is in theory... Really skillful, one of the most skillful. I mean, I watched Sid Lowe. Sid Lowe, you know, the Guardian Spanish football expert, yeah. He was brilliant. And he was like, at one point, he said at one point about 18 months ago, he was the best player in Europe. The best player in Europe in terms of what what he was coming up with in the Spanish league, in his skill and his, you know, and all of that. So I it's mean it's so difficult, isn't it? Oh, yeah, though? we don't throw him could, in. Of course it's difficult to throw him in. But I'm imagining that, you know. He will get some game time, certainly as a substitute, you know, in certain situations, and um, and it also makes it, it does mean I think I mean I think resting Ainsley Mount at the moment, not Ainsley, Mount, sorry, Emil Smith Rowe at the moment. I'm getting our triple named players mixed up. Resting Emil Smith Rowe at I the moment seems completely inconceivable because he's so good and he's so good at knitting together those attacks and he's so positive. But equally, you know, he could get injured. He doesn't. He might need a rest. Europa League's coming soon, and well, so- maybe
2: we don't know.
1: Yeah, all right. That's true. Uh <laughs>
2: well hopefully... that that could be quite a big thing for us. You know, oh, if you well, wait, yeah. for, if you wait for shift back to a one legged match, that would be quite a big win. Oh, oh I agree, well, agree.
0: Yeah. As long as you get through, because you you always fear in a one off cup tie the underdog that you know has a bigger opportunity. So that's a bit of a concern. But I'm, I'm sure the appeal of losing a, a fixture will
2: will, you know, will please. But it's the a idea mass- of I think, look, oh. it's a it's a massive Fed February coming now because it's it's Villa away with these couple, you know couple of key players missing. Then you get back to back Benfica, which if they do go ahead, you have to travel for both of them. I'd imagine. Well, yeah, well, you definitely do because that they're, they're they're not allowed in the country. It's just there's no debate. Mm. And then you've got Leeds and Manchester City.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've got a big gap there. We've got a week off, haven't we? After the um, after the next game, after the Villa game, which is slightly yeah,
2: annoying. What, what, why does that week happen? Is that the FA yeah. Cup? We're not out. of must be. It must week.
1: be. Yeah, it's deeply irritating, isn't it? Because really, we need get. We need. We then got a massive glut of games after having an a needless eight. We've got <laughs> yeah. actually eight days off after the um, Villa game on Saturday, which is the twelfth of off. It's all a bit unfortunate. I do um, think
2: it's very interesting. Like you know, can you can you do a run in the Europa League up to the final? And make a decent charge for a European place in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I think in theory you can. Well, I I thought I meant to ask you, Tim, right, right, you know, ages ago, because we had a big debate about this last week, where you stood on the should he have played his, you know, a better team or should he have done something different in the FA Cup? um, Or do you think the priority should have been that second game against Southampton League, which we did play really well in and win? Was he, in other words, was he justified by that win against Southampton in the league?
2: I wouldn't say justified because I think that you could have still done better, but I understand it. And I think, you know, in probability, your best chance of getting into Europe is the Premier League because you can come four, fifth, six, seven. 7th. Yeah. So, so there's a lot less at risk to yeah. focus on, including the fact that he would still think he's aiming for Champions League. But in the Europa League, winning that obviously gives you Champions League. So in many ways, the FA Cup is your third hope, your final hope, so I can see why you might take a, a bit more of a risk on what you've picked, but now with it having happened, the margins are quite tight, aren't
1: they? Very. They tight, get yeah. tighter. Very tight. Yeah. It's all. It is. It's going to be. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I, I, I've, I've cheered myself up by suddenly thinking, you know, all it takes is beating like, this game against Villas now gigantic on Saturday because win that and getting and we're so much more optimistic and, and I feel like you restore a huge amount of the belief. So we'll see. We've got the players to do it, haven't we? Let's, let's turn to predictions then. Um, Josh, what do you reckon? Villa, Saturday, 12.30, must win, but will we?
0: I you are going to mention your uh, ultra HD uh, BT Sport that you were uh, watching ultra on. Ultra HD, yeah,
1: all that, all of that. Really uh, hard with- to call with uh really an, an, inevitably call. um Keon, by the way is is co-commentary is right? doing right? it martin
0: i know he is doing
1: saturday oh yeah well there you go and i noticed tonight and once you notice this i tweeted about it I'll, i'm not giving you time to think of your prediction just i meant to mention this as well once you notice it keown has got this habit of almost every single thing he says in co-commentary he ends with the rhetorical question doesn't he so he Did goes, he? yeah, Emil Smith Rowe is just so good at mm-hmm. this to to together those plays, isn't he? Did and he? Uh, and <laughs> well, I don't know what you know the letter, the old well, given made the terrible con- mistake, didn't con- he? conversational
0: it's conversational I like it not I'm
1: not offensive the other,
2: <laughs> he, the other thing he does is he answers the question of, of the other commentator when yeah. often they're not really asking him a question know. You, know, know. They're, they're, you yeah.
1: know there's so many <laughs> there's so much rhetorical <laughs> questioning going on with him and he dark it's extraordinary and it's really funny once you notice it, it you just can't stop anyway nothing again well, I'm no, a, lovely I'm man. a huge fan of, of the, course yeah I'm of a course. huge
0: fan yeah. and a real Arsenal man and we we're um we, um, what was I thinking back to the other day? I was, uh, yeah, that, that Man United, um, you know, game with the uh, passion that was uh, came up on something I was doing work wise, and just watching those clips again of Van Nistelrooy, right, I think, ahead of the arsenal Man United game that was uh, this weekend, made you think about um, quite the passion that was in those games. Anyway, I digest I'm Aston Villa away. I think we will get a point, one all. And we keep going and it will feel like we're still, that would be two points from nine and a massive sort of dent. But I think after, um, you know, after what's happened tonight, and I think we have to be respectful of Villa on, you know, having a great season, have got some very, very good players. I think if we take
2: a point, it's, it's not the worst result. Tim? Oh, I know it's boring, but I was going to say one all and I'll stick with it. I mean, Villa are a good team. They've impressed me. They've had quite a lot of rest recently. Does that mean they're rusty or... They're ready yeah. to come at us. Clearly, whoever plays in goal for us, that, that's quite an impact because it's not Leno. It's it's a it's a disruption to, yeah. to, to, to the unit. Um, and they've had a big night tonight, although, you know, they'll play as well. So I, I'm going to go for the draw at Villa. And then, you know, I actually think, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged with where Arsenal are, but then you look at Leeds and City. I think the reality is that we have the fight. We have the fight for sixth or seventh place this season and what i must look up is I keep saying seventh place but UEFA are introducing you know they're introducing a league you you won't be able to believe this but there's a league oh, yeah, the, you won't yeah. believe no, we
1: know. yeah and, yeah.
2: possibly if you come seventh, you now get put in that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolute nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to be, I'm going to just, just to kind of lift myself out of this depression. I mean, I'm going to, get, I'm going to predict a victory, a, 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 an incredible, improbable victory against Villa. So um, I think I'm going to say 2-1 to us somehow. Josh, you're yeah. waving your iPhone in the air What's what's happening?
0: No, I'm just waiting if you see what's going on at Old Trafford, it's extraordinary beating uh, Southampton, a, uh, uh,
1: no, I'm, not, I'm not
0: sure. Certainly four at the moment, but I think there might be, uh, well, might a place be more at, by the time they did have, have a place at Southampton, yeah, I know. Played, but, Ninety uh, seconds uh, to be fair. Yeah, but so, still, still scoring, conceding a goal every ten minutes is not a brilliant. I mean, imagine Southampton could be on for another, another nine nil at the the rate yeah, it's yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. So, Maitland, yeah. Maitland Niles might have made a terrific decision after all to
1: to head to West Brom. You never, yeah. you never know. Um, this season is fucking nuts, isn't it? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, that's my final, that's my final verdict the final of this podcast. But it's been,
0: look, I, I, I'm glad we do these podcasts. It, it helps me get over these, def, you know, defeats yeah. quicker. And I think this doesn't feel quite as bad as, as many of them had. And look, by the time we come back, um, hopefully we've got something something against Villa. But it, it is just a bit calmer, isn't it? It's been, you know, midweek, midweek, midweek. And, and now we've just got Saturday and then Sunday to look forward to, I think. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How's baby, uh, baby Smith Rowe? Uh yeah, Baby Sithro is doing extremely well. Delighted
0: to uh to see uh namesake getting so much game time, which um mm. her father thought might not
1: happen know, at one point six
0: weeks ago. So um, it's my you, only you it's were... my only
1: correct prediction of the season, so I'm clinging to it. Um Thanks, First, Tim. Like, enjoy it. Thanks, Tim, for joining us thanks. in the post-match. I thought, you, know, yeah, as good value, if not better, than Rio Ferdinand and Peter Walton. <laughs> uh, mm.
2: thanks, at least Josh. I understand the law book. Well, <laughs> a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. More than, yeah, Rio's very confused and angry. Um, and thank you very much, Josh, as ever. And um, we'll be back, I guess we'll be back next Monday, I guess, after the, to, to give our verdict on whatever happens at Villa. Cheers, bye. See you later. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.